to jam on the roof and go around church. And the first one is this. Is it wrong to disagree with Muslims and try and convince them to become Christians? Well, this is something from last week's talk, wasn't it? I addressed that specifically, uh, uh, and I spoke about the differences between what the, uh, the Quran talks about God's love and about what the Bible talks about God's love. I don't think it's wrong to disagree with Muslims or to disagree with anyone of any other faith. I mean, we, we don't want to be argumentative, but we want others to know what we know, and that is we know the only truth. Now, that sounds maybe a little bit arrogant, but when you know that it is true and you have met the true and living God and you have tasted grace and you have met Jesus, then you know that he, when he says he's the way, the truth and the life, you know it's true and you want everyone to know that as well. Uh, it's not a competition. It's actually about being loving. Um, I, uh, my barber is called Sam and uh, he's a pretty committed Muslim and he's been cutting my hair or whatever's left of it for the, for the last eight years and we often have great chats about stuff. He teaches me things about Islam that I don't know and I chat to him about Jesus things and we have a great time. Um, we have a great respect for each other and uh, usually do a, give each other a big hug at the end although COVID is sort of something weird with the elbows whatever it is, square dance thing but um, we, we really get on well, we respect each other, we have a deep respect and, and love for each other, I think. I, he's wrong about what he believes in God, and he thinks I'm wrong, but we chat about it, and we do it lovingly and respectfully, and I reckon, this will sound really a bit brash, but that's the Aussie way of life. Multiculturalism, multi-religions, all in this land together, and we can say to each other, mate, I reckon you're wrong, and he can say, mate, I reckon you're wrong, and we can love each other. And we can have those ideas there. We don't want a society where we say, well, we don't talk about those things because that's bad. We want a society where we can talk about that stuff, have freedom of religion in that way. But we want to do it in a way that is loving. And um, I'm praying that Sam will come to know Jesus and uh, that, that he will be, uh, he'll be a, a brother in Christ. And uh, how good would that be? Question two. What's the best way to evangelize, and that is to, teach, to tell someone about how to become a Christian, without being too forceful? Well, I've got uh, five little tips for you that I've come up with. First is pray for the person you're going to speak to. Um, pray that they'd hear the good news about Jesus and that they'd warmly receive it and believe it. Because it's a spiritual thing. The only way that people are going to say Jesus is awesome and I'm going to follow him is if the Holy Spirit actually opens up their heart. Right? Secondly, be loving and kind. I think that's a great way to evangelise without being too forceful. Uh, there's a principle in the Bible which is actually addressed to women in particular, to wives more specifically. In 1 Peter 3, 1, it says, In the same way you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. How about that? It's interesting, isn't it? They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. I think it's a principle for all of life. That if we live such good lives amongst those in the world, hopefully people will say, you're Christian, you're weird, but good weird, and I want to know more about what it is that you stand for. And then you'll get the opportunity to, to talk about it. And so that's number three. Thirdly, um, get ready to answer their questions. Uh, we read this in, um, that's the verse I just read out. Then there's another bit in 1 Peter 3. It says, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. 
but do this in a gentle and respectful way. 1 Peter 3 from verse 15. Get ready to answer their questions. If you're just a new Christian or a young Christian or a Christian who just doesn't feel confident talking about what you believe, yeah, don't worry about it. Just just answer bits and pieces. If you don't know the answer, say, oh, I don't know about that. You've stumped me a bit. I'll get back to you with an answer. But be ready to just have a, a relaxed dialogue. I think that's pretty good. Fourthly, how else can we uh, evangelise without being too forceful? Maybe have a little question that can open up the conversation a bit. Uh, when I hang out with a, a bunch of guys, um, oh, and girls, um, uh, uh, around the place and the village and stuff like that, some say, oh, yeah, oh, you're the Anglican minister. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to go to church a while ago. And they might little, drop that little message in my lap and I might not do anything with it this time. But next time, I, I'm thinking a really good way to ask, to, to keep the conversation alive is to say, do you mind if I ask you, what made you stop coming to church? I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where that conversation goes. Um, and just to get the conversation moving along can be good. Uh, fifthly, keep praying and be patient. Uh, we, we can be in some of these relationships for the long haul. Uh, I, um, I, uh, when I got married many, many years ago, some members of uh, the family were not believers in Jesus. And I thought, I need to get them converted within the next couple of weeks. Uh, that was a bad idea. I needed to pray for them and be patient and, uh, and keep loving them. And actually, it was as I pulled back that we had some great chats about Jesus. And uh, I, I'm delighted to say that uh, some have come to know the Lord Jesus in the last few decades, which is super cool. doesn't always work that way. But I think in this, keep praying and think about it as a long-distance marathon, not a sprint. Uh, unless you're in a plane and the wings have fallen off, um, you start talking. Okay, question three. How does our sinful nature affect us in our daily life? And can we stop it? Well, our sinful nature affects us by making us want to reject Jesus and reject his way. And it's pretty ugly. There's a verse or two in Galatians chapter 5 that talks specifically about this. It talks about what the sinful nature brings out in us. And then it also talks about what the fruit of the Holy Spirit looks like in contrast. Galatians 5.19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Uh, that's how it looks. He says, let me tell you again, as I've told you before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And there is no law against these things. So how do we stop the sinful nature affecting us in our daily lives? Well, we, we need to realise it's an ongoing biff. It's going to be happening till the day we die or Jesus returns. So that's just life. But we want to keep being filled by the Spirit. We want to keep being influenced by the Holy Spirit. How, do we have, how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives if you're a follower of Jesus? Well, he works when you open up the Bible. He is the breath of God. So you want to have a spiritual encounter with God, you've got to read your Bible. You've got to listen to Bible talks. And as you do so, as we do so, then you will be equipped to actually like the things of the Holy Spirit more than you like the things of the sinful nature. 
But it can be a gradual process, or it can happen quickly at different points, but it's an ongoing thing and it will never stop until Jesus returns or we go to be with him. Bring that on. Question four. If we repent of our sins but keep doing them, then is that the result of our sinful nature? Well, it sort of follows up from the last verse, last question there. It's a fight, but God's Spirit's more powerful than our sinful nature. And so even as we repent of them, we, we will keep having those sins pop up. And, and I look back on my life and I can see that there are certain sins that, that really I had to tackle a lot when I was younger. And I think uh, under God, as I've been a Christian for you know, most of my life, I can see that there's been growth in some of those things where I'm actually not sinning in those areas as much. But I'm now aware of other areas where I'm sinning and, other, and I think, oh, Lord, this is hard yakka. But that is... That's the Christian life. As you're in with the Spirit, you then see sin and you say, oh, I hate that. And you sin again, you say, oh, I hate that. But the Lord is forgiving and he is faithful and he will forgive us of our sins. Question five, why does the Bible sometimes speak of Israel as her? You noticed that before? Good question, isn't it? I like this question. It does talk about Israel as a her. She did this. Uh, it also talks about the Christian church as a as a bride. So we are the bride of Christ. So there's a there's a lovely little connection there. Uh, why? Well, it, I I think that to talk about if if he had have talked about the people of God just as an it then it's a little depersonalized it's like it's an organization you know it's a it's a it's a list it's a club it's a he actually says no it's a it's a she it, it, and and I love her and uh, I think that's the reason why have a look throughout you'll you'll see it come up more than you realize how often it talks about god's people as a she and finally how can we help assist non-christians to find jesus well, this is a, it's a great question. I love these questions. I, I kind of went over a few of these things before, but I, I just I want to encourage you to, to show love to people you know who don't know Jesus yet and chat naturally. Someone once said, let your spiritual life be natural and your natural life spiritual. I like that. Just And, and be ready to chat about Jesus. And you're not always going to get the right things to say. Uh, sometimes you'll... Have a chat with someone you think afterwards, oh, what an idiot. Why did I say it that way? And then people will say to you, I love that thing you said to me. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, just be natural, chat, and uh, and pray. Pray for them. And if you're feeling stumped, uh, I've actually had someone a little while ago say to me, look, are you happy to, to have a chat with some of my friends? Because um, I'd love them to know a bit more about Jesus, and it would be great if you could uh, assist me there. I said, sure. And uh, I'm happy to do that as well. Just uh, let me know and I'll meet up with your mate for coffee. Thanks for listening to Jamaloo and the Lane Trip.